We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Thursday morning, the 25th, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, thanks for, uh, you know, holding off a little bit today. I had it set and feeding the baby and he wouldn't take the, the right amount. So I'm up and down the stairs. I'm all the way upstairs where the bedroom is, downstairs in the basement, up and down, set the stream, get the coffee, get the bottle ready, clean the parts, blah, 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 blah. We're here. We're live. We're doing it. <laughs> no need to thank me. Thank you, Broncos country, for your patience. Yeah, yeah appreciate you guys. I mean, the stream, if you see the stream pre-built, it's happening. Uh, I, I, I don't know if Scott was starting to maybe get a little bit antsy there. It was like 6. At, uh, at 20 after I clicked in, I'm like, huh. Uh-oh. We'll here. Uh-oh. <laughs> nope. We're here just trying to get it going, and uh, we're live. So let's say hello to everybody in the chat as we are live. We got David Youngkin in here talking about the Jim Harbaugh hire. It says, that means the Broncos ha- have to do something besides patch some hole at quarterback is a must, not a bridge quarterback that is a backup to be a starter if they go that route. 5 and 12 or 6 and 11 next season. David, I don't want to be that guy, but uh, guess what? They could easily take a quarterback next season and go 4 and 13. 3 and 13. I, I they, they have a chance to be bad no matter the pick next year because this is a team that's probably going to be losing talent more than adding it. They had a lot of injury luck this last season. They played above their head in terms of the expected outcome this year. So, and you're talking about adding a rookie quarterback then one that's not a top probably three quarterback drafted in this class. I think you probably are wor- I would say you probably have a chance to have just as bad of a record next year, starting one of Penix, Knicks, McCarthy, as opposed to your backup, you know, scrub quarterback. Yeah. And David, I mean this with love, but I've, I've seen your posts and stuff for the last week or so I'm in here and dude, you're angry, angry. And I just see you in here constantly you know, repeating the same thing over and over again, it might do you some good for your health to just take a break, man. Take a break. I think the 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 fallacy here that I, I just it just bothers me is the just draft a quarterback and develop him. Oh, wow. Who whoever would have thought of that? Man, it ain't that easy. Let's just pick a guy. We have to draft a quarterback. Okay, well, you can draft him. It doesn't mean he's gonna be worth a damn. It's not easy. Y'all know it's not easy. Um, just drafting a guy and having him turn out. It's almost, it's what's worse getting a one year guy that doesn't work out like Teddy Bridgewater or drafting a guy in the top 10 who doesn't work out like Zach Wilson. You know, typically that 
ends up reaching and missing is much worse. If you don't like the guy, I'm I'm absolutely take a quarterback in this draft, but you're not married to him. You don't owe him anything and draft him where you think he should be drafted. The worst thing you can do on this is reach for a quarterback. That's the absolute worst thing you can do. That sets you back years and years and years. Yeah. I mean, you kind of already blew your shot there with uh, the Russell Wilson talking about setting you back years and years. And I understand the frustration and the, the heightened demand for that, because really the only like quickest way out of this versus, you know, the slow tear down rebuild uh, is hitting a quarterback at pick 12 and then off to the races from there. But I just, I don't know uh, if that's a possibility. Luckily, we have the Senior Bowl coming up. Uh, we're going to have a chance to get eyes on Penix and Knicks, bo boots on the ground. We'll see what happens with, I think you're probably out of reach for, obviously for Caleb Williams, but also Drake May and Jaden Daniels. I just don't think you can trade up. I think there's going to be too many other teams that have way more assets that are going to be up there. I mean, the Falcons. For, I don't get out of the top three, one. That's one. Yeah. And two, yeah. you're not getting ahead of eight. Because if I'm sitting there at six and... I've got a quarterback I want. You better hope the Falcons don't have him uh, graded the same way. Because yeah. if I'm sitting there at six, I don't remember who's at six. Help me out here. I think it's the Giants. Let's say the Giants. We're going to go one more. The Giants are in for a quarterback, too, uh, yeah. by the way. Every team's so in the, the top Chargers. five. Aren't, there, aren't the Chargers up there again? Five. The Chargers are at five. five. Let's say you're at five. We want to go get Bo Nix at five because the first three have already gone. Chargers are going to take, let's say, forget the fact they're in the same division, all that kind of stuff. Forget it. They're going to call, we're getting an offer from the Broncos. You know what they're going to do? Ding, ding, ding. Hey, Arthur Blank and the Falcons, uh, Terry Fontenot, we don't mind moving down to eight. What do you got for me? Okay. You know, let's move down to eight instead of 12. Yeah. You're, I mean, at best you're looking at QB five, QB six at 12, at sitting there at 12. I just, I don't know that. It's it's feasible the spot you're in to just take a quarterback and develop him. Just develop him. Man, if only it were that easy. If only it were that easy. Just just on a on a long enough timeline, everybody becomes a franchise quarterback. No, they don't. And all the yeah. guys that you piss on saying these bridge the gap quarterbacks that you don't want, guess what they used to be? Coveted draft picks. For the most part. Yeah, it's it's a tough spot. We keep saying it in here, but we'll see what happens. Uh, luckily, the Broncos do have a guy in there, but it is unfortunate to see my number one candidate in last year's cycle, Scott, if you remember, uh, in Jim Harbaugh in the AFC West. We'll see how it goes. Uh, he's won pretty much everywhere he's gone, and he's turned around dysfunction and turned it into competency and just brutal aggression. Uh, There's a really fun style of football, unfortunately, but we'll see. Maybe that Chargers curse is uh, too much. Maybe... With the you know Gen Z coming in there, although he just did it in college, so who's to say the Gen Z wouldn't get behind him? Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting, uh, no doubt. We got Mark Schrader coming in saying twenty dollars, saying good morning from Waterlogged, Texas. Talking about Waterlogged, Scott. Last night I woke up at well, a I waking up every you know two and a half hours to feed the the baby, but I hear banging outside at two thirty a.m. Uh, it's a bunch of cops outside uh, next to my house. I guess the the house next to me uh, completely pipe burst or something flooded. It's been vacant for since October, 2022. And the cops are like, who's there? I'm like, I don't, I don't know who lives there. I'm renting. I don't whatever, but uh, waterlogged complete just destruction in there. So make sure you guys taking care of your pipes uh, with all the cold and everything going on. Cause that's a nightmare. Yeah. It's uh, it hasn't really stopped raining here. It makes for a good time to order out and get mm -hmm. some pizza. So this is a reminder to make little Caesars who is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. 
Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. They've got pre-made, pre-selected, so you can choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza, or you can mix and match and pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Yeah, my favorite is, of course, the stuffed crazy bread. I'm a pepperoni guy. I do like sausage sometimes as well, but for sure, pepperoni. I mean, vegetables. My wife's a vegetarian, as are you, Scott. So if you can get a nice assortment of veggies on there. I love mushrooms, especially if you can get some of that classic with peppers. And, of course, stuffed crazy bread. It's a winning combination. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with a convenient delivery in our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the championship weekend this upcoming Sunday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yep, pizza, pizza, and triple pizza from Michael Ronquillo. Gatorade gaming for sure. Um, yeah, to the, to the Harbaugh thing, you know, Michael makes a good point. Uh, over on the Facebook channel, he says, you know, Harbaugh hasn't coached in the NFL in 10 years. But, you know, to your point about turning teams around, it got started, well, in San Diego in college. Um, then he did the same thing in uh, at Stanford and turned a perennial doormat of a, of a football team into a legitimate Pac-12 power at the time. San Francisco, well, who doesn't win in San Francisco? Well, you know who doesn't win in San Francisco? Nobody for the 10 years prior to Harbaugh getting there. The records... From 2003 to 2010, when Harbaugh showed up, seven and nine, two and fourteen, four and twelve, seven and nine, five eleven, seven and nine, eight and eight, six and ten. Then first year of Harbaugh, thirteen and three, eleven and four, twelve and four, eight and eight. The man can coach football, and the thing, like you're saying, Nick, is it's his style that translates. You know, mm -hmm. lining up and beating people up 
that doesn't go out of style. You know, it's, it's harder to do that. And, you know, consistently to build that it's kind of what Dan Campbell wants to do. And, uh, in Detroit, it's what Sam, it's what Shanahan's still doing. And, um, you know, build the trench trenches, 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 right? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, just, you know, get to the point. I mean, the five year increment before Harbaugh joined Stanford, Stanford was 16 and 40, uh, 0.286 winning percentage after that with Harbaugh 29, 21.580 winning percentage, the 49ers five years before Harbaugh 33 and 47, a 0.413 winning percentage. After that, they go 44, 19 and one with a 0.695 winning percentage at Michigan. They're good. Obviously Michigan 30, 38 and 26 per years prior to Harbaugh. Uh, would you say 38 and 26? Yes. That's awful for Michigan. That is awful That's for Michigan, awful. But, but compared to the other two that yeah. were well in the tank. But then after what they get uh, Harbaugh, 89 and 25, a 0.781 winning percentage. I mean, yeah, I mean, the trend. I think Michigan in the, trend. in the era of 11 game seasons, they won eight, something like 30 years in a row or something prior to that stretch. Yeah, the Brady Hoke years or the uh, Rich Rod. Yeah, that's uh, I've I've seen, <laughs> I've been following Big Ten, right? Of course, but uh, pri- uh, after the Lloyd Carr era. But uh, Dave Glassman comes and says, twenty six years ago today was Super Bowl thirty two, one of the my, my first football memory, Scott. So uh, that's I guess that's uh, when I gained consciousness about twenty six years ago. I remember L.A. with the helicopter run, uh, jump and leap, and uh, beating the Green Bay Packers, which. Definitely remember a lot of Packer fans around in Eastern Iowa, and it was nice to have the uh, the Broncos win. That was kind of the end of an era, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like the NFC had won about 20 straight Super Bowls up until that so. point. I think it so. Was, uh, it was a bunch. Like the Raiders or the Steelers had a nice run, and then it stopped maybe in '84 with the uh, with the 49ers, and then it didn't. I, I think they won every one after that until um, yeah. until the, until this this time. So it was like 15 straight. Of, of NFC and most of those were blowouts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the bills in there with a wide, right. But a lot of them were dominating type of games. Yeah. Uh, good to the see Broncos Dave on the wrong end <laughs> for a lot of them. I, I didn't want to mention that part. Cause yeah. you know, uh, the Broncos have gotten theirs too. You know, not everybody's got one ring, let alone two. Uh, Michael Rankiewicz and morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Good to see you, Michael. Michaela Israel's up nice and early with us as well. Saying good morning, Broncos for breakfast guys. Uh, you are the best. Well, thank you for being here. I'm not allowed here. You're allowed here. You're allowed here. All we ask is a little compassion and kindness that Nick asks for every time we go on. Uh, coming in with a super chat. He says, hey, guys, longtime listener. First time super chat on Broncos for bra- breakfast. But I've been a little bit on Mile High Huddle with Chad and Zach. Well, thank you for getting up early with us. He really likes Florida State edge Jared Verse, but I heard no defensive player worth taking at 12. Your thoughts? I, I think there's plenty of defensive players that will be worth taking at 12. In fact, I'll be surprised if uh, there's not at least one taken in the top 10 before you get to 12. Yeah, right now I'd say there are four uh, guys that are potential to be taken in the top 12, uh, maybe five, but there's three edge rushers that are going to be jostling. Of course, you got Dallas Turner, who is Alabama, maybe not as refined with his hand uses and pass rush, but the best combination of athlete and just overall, you know, measurables. Uh, you got Jared verse, of course, who's just unbelievably powerful, uh, how he uncorks and attacks guys with that long arm and just ability to get into the chest and crumple them of offensive tackles. You got Leatu Latu who, uh, Carl and I talked about a lot Tuesday night on, uh, building the Broncos because Mel Kuyper predicted, uh, or in his first mock, uh, mocked, Leatu Latu to the Broncos from UCLA. And then you got Terry and Arnold, a cornerback from Alabama who is 
a lot of people are saying probably the best overall defensive prospect in this class, but plays a lesser valuable position uh, compared to those edge rushers. So uh, cornerbacks valuable. Don't get me wrong, but got to be able to get after the passer. Uh, so verse, I like verse a lot. I think he'd make a lot of sense for the Broncos. Want to see how he tests. What are the measurables like? Uh, because that matters for edge more than any other spot, but he's got a long arm. He's got some power to him. And if the Broncos just want to go, you know, just get somebody in the room that is powerful, can rush with four and help improve one of the five worst pass rushes and defensive lines in football, Scott, this last year. I think that's probably pretty fair to say about the Broncos uh, versus make a lot of sense. I don't think it's a huge surplus value at 12. I think anywhere from nine to 18 is where verse goes. So, I mean, it's that's fine. Uh, but uh, I think he's definitely worth being in the conversation at 12. Who's your guy this year? Um, they last year you had a couple guys come out of the uh, out of the Big Ten that you were all over early, and I think they ended up rising up the draft boards as you know you predicted. Specifically, uh, Devin Witherspoon. Uh, you know you showed me it showed him to me early, and just the, the physical nature of his play was something to watch. Um, and then obviously Lucas Van Ness. You were all over him early, and th- those guys go five and thirteen. Who's your guy this year that isn't being talked about among those top four or five guys that you think could be, or is it Byron Murphy who is starting to get that way now that you were on before this last two weeks when he started moving up boards? I mean, Byron Murphy is definitely one of them. I uh, played mostly nose tackle reps despite him having a 6'1", 300-pound, 305-pound body type. So I'm going to be excited to see what he can do. More B-gap uh, rushes and uh, one-on-ones at the Senior Bowl. He's one of the singular youngest players in the draft as well. Uh, had the highest pass rush win rate by like a big chunk of any d- interior defensive uh, pass rusher in the draft this year. Uh, so Byron Murphy definitely is one who stands out. He's my defensive tackle one. I don't think he's a top 12 pick caliber guy because he's going to have to test like an Ed Oliver type at his size uh, to be that kind of defensive tackle. Uh, but definitely a first rounder has been my number one uh, for, a f- for a bit now. Uh, so he stands out a lot to me. Uh, I really like, I'm going to admit that it's one of my weaker spots, Scott, but uh, I really like a uh, Des Walker wide receiver from uh, North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina fought really hard to get him eligible this year after he transferred in, and the NCAA classic NCAA waffled for a long time and kind of held him out. And when they finally let him in, he was awesome. Uh, So I really like Des Walker. I'm curious if he will work his way into the uh, back end of the first round conversation. Uh, You know how much I really really do like – Cooper DeGene from Iowa. I know he's been a big one for a bit, but yeah, now I'm seeing he's him been around for a while now. He's getting mocked in the back of the twenties. And I'm thinking he's going to test extremely well. And he's just as safe as it gets in this class. If he doesn't work at boundary corner, he's going to end up being a 12 year pro bowl potential all pro safety. I mean, he just, he's, he's going to be a great player. So I don't really understand that one as much. And then I also really like a uh, Darius Robinson, who is a kind of an edge rusher defensive tackle from, uh, Mizzou. He's like 6'5", 295 with long arms. He mostly played edge at Mizzou last year, but I think it's more of like a scheme kind of thing. I think he's going to translate more to five tech at the NFL level. So uh, he stands out a lot to me as well. Also, when I just got around to Scott, who I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's a dude. Uh, J- uh, Powers Johnson, JPJ from Oregon, the center there. One thing I love about offensive line, you can enjoy the traits and you can enjoy the you know explosiveness and physicality, but an offensive lineman who is never on the ground ever, just always wins those judo battles. 
is valuable. And that's Johnson powers Johnson. I think he's going to sneak his way into the first round as an interior offensive lineman in this class. That's the type of tape. How do you not like a guy that sounds like a law firm? So yeah. uh, Quentin Caldwell coming in says, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Quentin. Thank you for the support that you are showing the show. I've learned how to say that, Nick. I have to just have to slow it way down to say showing the show. So thank you. The programming. Thank you, Quentin. Appreciate your, uh, your super chat and support of what we do here in the mornings. Uh, prediction for you, Nick. Tell me what you think of this. I don't think this is much of a hot take. Justin Herbert's numbers decrease, but he's more effective and LA wins more games. I think that he'll definitely be more effective. Mm-hmm. He, I think his numbers will increase though, just because he was injured <laughs> this last year, right? He missed a I lot of games. Overall, like, you know, he's putting game. Star Wars numbers like 5,000 yards, you know, a season and stuff. I, I think those numbers overall could decrease because mm-hmm. I think they'll focus more on running the ball than instead yeah. of his right arm. And therefore he'll be more efficient in his, in his throwing. He'll get, you know, his yards per could all increase his completion center percentage is always good. But I just, you don't need him to throw for three fifty to try and lose a game by three points, you know? So yeah. I think his numbers could actually decrease, but he could be a better quarterback and to snake that next step. It's not about as far as the quarterback pantheon goes, it's not about numbers anymore. It's about how far do you go in the playoffs? Jared Allen's hit a ceiling, or I'm not Jared Allen. Um, Josh. Josh Allen's hit a ceiling right now. You know, he needs to take that next step by winning, at least making an appearance in the Super Bowl, for God's sakes. Yeah, that's um, a And Justin Herbert's right there with him. Yep. I, I agree with you. The, the volume stats will get uh, probably drop a bit. The attempts will drop, but I think the efficiency will drop, uh, increase a lot. You're going to see play action uh, with him. And also... I don't know who he'll bring in at uh, his staff. There's talk about David Shaw. There's talk about Greg Roman. I mean, would Vic Fangio rejoin Harbaugh out there? I know the Eagles are making a push, but I mean, Vic Fangio was a defense coordinator for Harbaugh for and linebackers coach for a number of years out there, the 49ers. So uh, we'll see um, what staff he puts together. But as far as Justin Herbert goes, I'm expecting a heavy play action, more balanced offense from the Chargers. And they'll probably look to fortify the 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 trenches this draft as well and they have the fifth overall pick i know they took rashawn slater a couple years ago and he's been really good at left tackle but I, i'm pegging them for a joe alt there uh somebody like that maybe they end up going wide receiver because mike williams and keenan allen are both contracts they might move on from uh but uh, and just getting a value there of you yeah. know or neighbors just looking at their you know looking at spot rack real quick and sorting it's like oh my god they're 40 million dollars over the cap so then i click yeah. on it like pfft I can save $80 million with three pen strokes here. So they're okay. It looks bad now, but they've got four. They've got four guys with cap hits of like $35 million with $10 million dead caps. So that'll, that will work itself out. Yeah. But I think Joe Alt or one of the wide receivers there or Olu Fashano, although I think Alt's a better run blocker and might project a little bit better right tackle. Uh, So that's something that you look out for there with the chargers at five overall. Although that seems like a team that would probably adore to trade back from five if a quarterback falls and just get more resources and just really because one offensive tackle is not going to completely turn around how bad and soft the Chargers have been on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Uh, so that'll be interesting yeah. to follow. But yeah, I'd say quarterbacks falls to five. The Chargers are open for business without a doubt, especially with three quarterbacks and then Marvin Harrison Jr. I feel like that five is the pivot of the draft where they go from there. I mean, there's six, probably about six guys that are worth the conversation in that spot, but 
why not trade back and get one of those six, you know, five spots later? <laughs> so it'll be interesting to follow them. Rodney Garcia comes in and says, do you guys see the Broncos keeping PJ Locke? Yeah, PJ Locke is not going to be very expensive. I know he had some flashes last year, but there's also a good amount of coverage busts and tackling issues. He's going to be, what, 27, 28 years old? Off the top of my head, I could be wrong there, but he's not, you know, this um, high-profile draft pick that's hitting the, his second contract here. Many teams have had chances at him the last few seasons, uh, on and off the, the free agency, I think practice squad as well. So I think the Broncos will keep Locke. I think he's got more value here than anywhere. The one kicker will be if Christian Parker ends up going elsewhere, ends up going to the Patriots. Forget what I said, because anything can happen there. He can follow him. It's also the same with Azura Evero. Maybe he wants to pry him away, but the specific, specifically if Christian Parker leaves, then I do not expect the Broncos to keep Locke. I think he'd probably follow uh, Parker because helping implement coverages and run fits and everything would be make sense to bring somebody cheap that can play yeah. that spot. I agree with everything Nick just said. I, I, I've, my initial thought on this Rodney was the Broncos should be the heavy favorite. He's not a guy that is going to be drawing so much interest from around the NFL that you're going to be fighting off a bidding war. It's just much easier to say, okay, if we can get close to what anybody else's offer, it's just easier to stay where I know everything my family set. He turns, he turns 27 in two weeks, Nick. Um, so happy birthday coming up to PJ. It's funny as I get older now, I think, um, you know, I, I see a birthday. I'm like, ah, he's one, one year closer to like being out of the league. Uh, yeah. Time goes fast. So enjoy it y'all. So when you need more time, you can get more time with hello fresh. You get farm fresh pre-proportioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on hello fresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. This time of the year, everyone's looking to revamp their eating habits. So look to HelloFresh's wholesome, heart-healthy options like their thir over 30 calorie-smart and protein-smart recipes each week. They say breakfast is the most important meal of each day, and HelloFresh totally agrees. In fact, they're giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. That means you will enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. Now that's worth waking up early for. Maybe some HelloFresh for breakfast there with Hello uh, Broncos Fresh for, breakfast. for breakfast. With your Broncos for breakfast. It's time to go with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash HuddleFree and use code HuddleFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash HuddleFree with code HuddleFree, Nick. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Man, I'm hungry now. I didn't have a chance. I got my little protein bar. Free shout out. Quest cookies, a chocolate chip cookie dough. I live off these things in the morning. Got to have a little food in the stomach before the coffee comes. And Michael Sullivan with the coffee says, hello, fresh. Let's go, Broncos. Good to see. You. Hopefully the Broncos can get uh, say hello to some freshness on their roster this season. Maybe the quarterback spot will appease some folks. Although, hopefully we don't get a spoiled one there. <laughs> Andrew Lampy, maybe you get a box that's with the produce a little bit closer to expiration there, taking a Knicks or a Penix, huh, Scott? Uh, Andrew Lampy coming in saying, morning, gentlemen. What's your thoughts on a trade back? And do you believe Bonix is going to be there in mid to late 20s? It does seem that a lot of people very connected to the NFL, Scott, more connected than you know you and I to like front office actually talking to folks, that Penix is going to fall. Penix is not going to be in the conversation for round one. Uh, there's too many concerns about not only his medicals, but the play uh, as well. So I think the talk early on where like after the, the semifinal games were like, oh my gosh, Penix trade up in the top 10. That's not going to happen. I think there's a chance Penix is closer, more available to the Broncos pick 76 than pick 12 uh, from what I'm gathering. Now that said, seems like Knicks is liked more in NFL circles. Uh, like we talked about, I don't know if it was Carl and I, Scott, but he's got that big frame. Uh, he's 6'2", 225, uh, a lot of starts, you know, some some decent plays over the middle. I have a hard time with the offense because he's so pressured so little. Uh, he was the least pressured quarterback out of all the top 133 starters in college football this year. I think 90% of his passes don't go beyond 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Uh, and uh, those kind of feed into each other, right? If that first read's not there, boom, hit that outlet on the uh, behind the line of scrimmage and uh, off to the races if you can in that Oregon-style offense. But I think Knicks is possibly going to go in the top 10, the top 12. It seems like more and more people are mocking him in that range for the Broncos. So if they like Knicks enough to take him at 12, I don't think trading back is the game. I think you take him. We'll see what happens between Knicks and McCarthy, but it's by himself, Caleb Williams, 2A, 2B, Daniels and May, and then 4A and 4B seem to be McCarthy and Knicks. Andrew, it's good to see you. Thank you for the stars. Hope you've been doing well. Appreciate you coming in and, and supporting the show. This was something that I talked about um, when we when we were on Monday. We were going through whose who's mock draft did we go through? Was it Daniel Jeremiah's? Was it Daniel Jeremiah's? Anyway, it was he goes through that one on NFL.com and he had the Broncos probably taking Terry on Arnold at 12, but then he had Bo Nix going 14. Now, yep. the problem I had with that is when I'm doing a mock draft, I'm basically going off of my board and then trying to pick needs and trying to predict what each team would do based off who I think would be the top prospects. Now, the problem I had with that is if I think that Bo Nix is good enough to go 14, then Bo Nix isn't getting past 12. The Broncos are in desperate need of a quarterback, and they would take Bo Nix at 12. Do I think he will be there in the mid to late 20s? A month ago, absolutely. Now, I know how quarterback crazy teams get. Are they this quarterback crazy? Because we watched Washington and Oregon play twice. Mm -hmm. Michael Penix throws circles around him. I mean, he just does. You watch those two and you're like, all right, which one's the high quarterback here? And it's like, well, that's pretty easy. It's it's Penix. I can't wait to see Bo Nix down at the Senior Bowl. I'm interested in see what he comes and weighs in at. Does he really weigh, you know, 6'2", 225? Because um, he's really mobile. I mean, he's he's athletic enough to play a different position. He's a great athlete. Um, I want to see him make those throws, those deep outs. Zing me a couple 20-yard outs from opposite hash. Just make those, make those throws three times, and I'll start talking first round for him. Because mm -hmm. he's got the makeup for it, but it's hard for me to overcome – 
And this is about bias. People say, I'm unbiased. It's baloney. Everybody's biased. That's what makes up our personalities. Recognizing and trying to compensate for your bias is what people call unbiased. I am biased. I went to Auburn. I watched him for three years at Auburn. He was terrible. He was cheeks. I watched him go to Oregon. Okay, this is an offense that's going to be better for him. He comes back. One of his first games is in the Georgia, in the in Mercedes-Benz, I think, against the Georgia Bulldogs. He looked like cheeks. Watch him against Washington. I want Penix. Watch him against Washington again. I still want Penix. I don't want this guy in the first round right now. I don't. Yeah. I think the big benefit of Knicks in the first round is he does have that frame. I think he's going to be able to come in and execute an offense, and you're going to have a young, cost-controlled quarterback. Now, I don't see a guy who has the ability to get into that stratosphere of a top-eight quarterback, but he's somebody who can bring you competency to the room on a cost control to help you get over some dead cap years. Now, are, is that the bar that we're hunting for at the quarterback spot? Not me personally. If it was, then maybe you're keeping, you know, Russell Wilson in wake of the dead cap hits for two years, because then you are getting, you know, that top 20 level quarterback play, which is probably what I'm expecting from Knicks, uh, especially early on. So I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. We talk a lot about Knicks, though. Are the Falcons quarterback crazy enough to take Bo Nix? I think the Falcons are quarterback crazy enough that they are going to be hammering the phone of the New England Patriots. And uh, I think if there's any team that's going to be making a big shot to one of the top three quarterbacks in this draft right now that isn't already there, I think it's the Falcons at three. Uh, so whether Mayor Daniels falls, I think they're going to be aggressive. And I think depending on who they get, and, and this is where you have to watch the next couple of days here. If they get Bobby Slowick, 36, 37-year-old offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans, then I think they try and go rookie quarterback somewhere. If they go Bill Belichick, they're not going rookie quarterback. And you want everything I said about getting ahead of eight in the Falcons, you won't have to worry about it anymore because they will have already gotten their quarterback during free agency and pre-draft via trade or free agency. Who that ends up being, we will see. Could be Kirk Cousins. That's what NFL executives are predicting is Bill Belichick and Kirk Cousins to the Atlanta Falcons. If you do that, that opens up a spot. Mm-hmm. Now the Falcons could absolutely trade down from 8 to 12. There's one of your spots if you think you need to get one of those guys. Nobody is predicting that the court that the Falcons will take Bonex at eight. Um, it's been Dallas Turner almost across the board, uh, almost exclusively. It's it's like the one thing that draft analysts agree on is Dallas Turner, which means it'll be Bonex, right? So that's one thing to watch. We may have answers to some of these questions before the draft even comes around because free agency is first. Yeah. Going to be fascinating to follow, uh, no doubt. I think part of the Bo Nick stuff, too, is that uh, I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks talk about the this draft class, and they were talking about how this year it just really falls off a cliff. Uh, with the first round, they get to about pick 16 to pick 20, and their first round grades evaporate up, uh, according to a lot of people they've spoken with. Uh, even some teams, the uh, top you know, 14, oh, we don't have a first round pick after that. It's a bunch of day two grades. Uh, so after that, what do teams do? I mean, Heck, if we don't have a g- g- obvious round one grade positional player here, why not take the shot at the quarterback, right? The it's You're talking about the, if you're rolling the dice and you don't have a guy that you truly love there, the potential positive outcome from hitting on a quarterback, even if they're just a solid starter, outweighs so much any other spot. I mean, even offensive tackle, edge rusher, wide receiver. So I think that's kind of why you're talking about him a lot in that range. Uh, 
Minnesota at 11, Denver at 12, Las Vegas at 13, New Orleans at 14, Seattle at 16, uh, the Rams at 19, Pittsburgh at 20, uh, heck, Philly, Dark Horse, 22, probably not, but I mean, crazy things happen right now. They took Hurts when they still had Wentz coming off of an MVP level season two years prior, uh, so that's, uh, you never know with Philly. How quickly for sure, can but... it go bust? What was that? For the quarterbacks, how quickly can it go bust? You know, Carson, it... Carson Wentz is on top of the world. You know, and then, and so much of it, as as Nick likes to say too, so much of it is the makeup of these guys. Jared Goff, I was listening to, you know, some talk about Jared Goff, you know, growing and all this kind of stuff in Detroit. He's he's maturing in front of the dude was a two time Pro Bowler in his first three seasons in the league. Mm -hmm. He fell off. Now it was a redemption project. You know, maybe there's one of your you know, retread types, but you know, if you're going to retread, let's retread on a guy that was a number one overall pick that had those kind of tools. Baker Mayfield too. I mean, this kind yeah. of, yeah. So, you know, Zach Wilson, um, you know, Mac Jones, would you do that? And that, this question we get that all the time. And I don't think it was, uh, I saw it last night. I don't remember who it was. It may have been Keith or Rodney or somebody. It was like, would you take Mac Jones or Zach Wilson? I read that as, would you take either of them? Not which one would you rather have? Would I take and offer them a contract right now? Hell no. Would I bring them in for a cup of coffee and interview their agents and talk to the former coaches and have them work out for me? Yeah, I'd absolutely do that. I'd bring them in for a workout. Why not? What do you have to lose? Yeah. Um, so different things here. You, you've got to have a, a scatter gun approach on this one. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yep, agreed. I do want to say hello to some more people in here. Um, we have uh, Jeremy talking about Harbaugh and I think he thought he was poised for a national championship run, and he obviously was. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we end up with J.J. McCarthy and he goes against his former mentor twice a year. Yeah, we'll see uh, with McCarthy. McCarthy is one of the most interesting players in the draft. And I think the most interesting conversation will be quarterback two uh, debate, May versus Daniels. Uh, but after that, you know, quarterback four will be a lot of fun to follow. Uh, we got Jamal Killing saying good morning. Um, we got Conga saying, well, now the Broncos can get their quarterback of the future next season when they are drafting top five. I mean... <laughs> That's the thing too. I know, you know, bringing it back, everything's going to revolve around the quarterback because it's the gosh darn quarterback. Uh, but I don't think the Broncos are quarterback or bust this off season with where they're at from a team building standpoint. I think that honestly, given how much power Peyton has, and unless the wheels completely fall off uh, in terms of, you know, losing, you know, the credibility power in the locker room, you know, things just totally uh, unstable, unstable that uh, I think you probably have the next three draft cycles to hunt for that quarterback. If you're Sean Payton with the contract they gave him with the power they gave him. So if it's not 2024, it could be 2025. It's way too early. Scott, we hate to play. I hate to play this game, but the 2026 quarterback group, just the level of recruits in that uh, cycle looks pretty damn uh, and promising as well, better than 25 right, right now, but we'll see so much can change at that point. But I think you have three cycles coming up here where you're going to be hunting for quarterback. If it's not now, that's okay. It can be the next one after that. I know that long-term that sucks uh, for Broncos fan, given what eight years of just crap that we've seen here uh, for the most part, but 
you, you know how you really extend that crap again is if you take the wrong guy uh, at the wrong point in your team building process. I just wonder, is would Sean Payton be in it for the long haul? I mean, you just that mentioned year three where he drafts his rookie quarterback. So you just went through three years of losing and losing big, yep. you know, set, and not not big because you went eight and nine this year. But yeah. to get your quarterback in two years, you're going to have to have a three and 14 in there somewhere. Um, you know, and does he survive that? Maybe, you know, I, I think he could, if you, you, you take the roster and say, listen, you know, we know that this was a rebuilding type thing. You could have a new general manager here and, you know, in, in that type and that, that span also, but is he in it for the long haul? Cause now you're resetting the clock after three years. It's like, okay, if I've got a rookie quarterback, I need another three years. Um, so, you know, is he in it for six years of before they start becoming, com you know, really competitive? I don't think so. Probably not. I don't think so. Probably not. That's one reason I've been so maybe, uh, maybe it's just to be contrarian somewhat Scott, but that's one reason I've been so like if Dak Prescott became available, hello, uh, we're talking about matching the, the competitive window with your head coach. But that's one reason last year, you know, I was way more, uh, I was more interested in a D'Amico Ryan's or even a Jim Harbaugh. I thought that, you know, the Broncos roster was not immediately in that uh, contending window and with the Russell Wilson stuff. And it's going to be pretty hard to, a team that looks like they really need to step back and rebuild with a head coach who wants to win right now. I just, I don't know what that means for the Broncos. We'll see. I think that they definitely won games this year because of the competency of the coaching staff out. They, their record outperformed their talent. That's just, let's call that as it is. Uh, but what does that mean for the next few years? I, I don't know. It's a, I keep saying it, it's a tough spot that we'll see how the games are played out though. I mean, guys can hit, things can turn around quickly. Uh, you can be in a tough spot like the Texans, the Rams entering this year. Oh man. They're relying on all these day three picks and uh, Stafford's been hurt and whatnot. What's going on with the Rams? McVay's flirting every year with retirement. Oh my gosh. Well, now look at them. They're probably one of the more fun teams entering next season. So things can turn around quickly when you hit on the draft. Uh, Robot of Doom coming in saying, oh, I don't know if you're all on tomorrow, but uh, who do you got this weekend? I am going to go with the Ravens and the Lions. Interesting. Uh Wow. And I was asking myself, am I stupid enough to pick against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs again? I'm going with my heart I'm because I'm going to be go. very I upset. probably can. The Ravens, I think the Ravens are just that good right They're now. Uh, Mark Andrews should be back. That could be another weapon for them to help. It's at home. Not that it really mattered for Buffalo, but, you know, Baltimore's had a little bit more historical success. Not that that means anything. I just think the Ravens are a better overall team right now. Hmm. So I'll go Ravens and I'm going 49ers for the same reason. I just think they're better. I don't think the, the Lions defense is ready to go into San Francisco and beat a team like them right now. Uh, what I don't want to see is 49ers Chiefs just because I've seen them. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to see Ravens and Lions. And I think everybody that doesn't hate the Lions, which just isn't very many people because they haven't broken enough hearts through the years. Uh we'll be rooting for Dan Campbell and the Detroit lions. Uh, I know I would. Um, one last question one thing, before we get out of here. Go ahead. One thing about the lions I wanted to bring up is this off season. They made a really big commitment to taking away the run and they've been a really bad pass team, but if they can take away the run at any sort of level and slow down uh, McCaffrey and a, not a, not an awesome offensive line for the 49ers in terms of uh, personnel, it's good scheme uh, and they work really well as a unit, but I don't think like what man for man, they're an overwhelming uh, unit outside of Trent Williams. Uh, but, the, the Lions put in a lot of resources and did, a, I think they're like the number three EPA per rush defense in football this season. Now they're terrible against the pass, but make Brock Purdy beat you. That's I want to see it. I, I want to see it if they take away the run. Uh, so uh, that's a, I'm pulling for the Lions uh, for sure. 
but we'll see. Uh, Keith Brugman says, Nick and Scott, is there any fire behind the smoke of Russell Wilson becoming a Raider? I think that's just league execs trying to connect dots here. Raiders are looking for a quarterback. Uh, Wilson can go to can stick it to the Broncos twice. Uh, wherever he signs, Broncos are going to be on the hook for a vast majority of whatever he gets paid. So uh, that's a that makes sense. There's a there's a opening for the Raiders, and that's a team that could make some sense for Russell Wilson. So yes, the answer for me, Keith, is yes. I believe there's some smoke to that. Will it because of a trade? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to have to cut Russell Wilson. It's going to be the same thing that Derek Carr went through with the Raiders. It's like why why would I do you a favor and agree to a trade? when I don't have to cut yeah. me, you don't want me cut me and I'm a free agent. I'll do what I want. I think that's how it's going to have to be. And then he signs for the Raiders for a million five or whatever the vet minimum is on a, on a one-year deal that he might get a two-year deal with, you know, which is basically a one year with a, with an option. Oh, Russell Wilson signs for a, this, this is my prediction, Nick. This is what'll happen. Russell Wilson signs for a, two-year, $30 million contract with 1.5 guaranteed. <laughs> and that's in the first year. And everybody, and on all the headlines go, Broncos, cap relief, yay, woo No, 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 no. One million, one million. That's what Russell Wilson's going to play for next year. One million dollars, one million dollars. Yeah, that's not a lot. Same thing, with, maybe the Broncos just kind of do a, fl- a swap there. Maybe Wilson goes to the, uh, the, uh, Raiders and Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the Broncos. I think they both have contracts that are have offsetting language in terms of whoever they sign for. They are going to only have to pay the minimum, and then the, the other team is going to be on the hook for the rest. Uh, so I think that's possible uh, for both those teams there, and we'll see how it plays out. Unfortunately, the Raiders have been just beating the crap out of the Broncos here for six years now. Maybe we can get that monkey off our back next year. I don't know if we said – we did say hello to Quentin Caldwell. One thing I did want to bring up here, Scott, I know we – want to get on out of here Todd Ostendorf and I didn't say hi to everybody in the chat too sorry guys just uh you guys are killing it and uh keep it up and we appreciate that and we'll definitely be a long off season ahead of us to get into the weeds here with a lot of these comments but Ostendorf brings up the point that clearly Harbaugh Harbaugh passed on the Broncos because there's something he didn't like uh I have heard from some pretty reliable people that the thought of Russell Wilson and the the ramifications of moving on from Russell Wilson made the Broncos not as desirable of a spot for Harbaugh specifically and that the Broncos had to pay big time for Sean Payton, not only draft picks, but contract uh, to bring him in for the situation that was not as palatable with the Russell Wilson dead weight. I guess we'll just call it that the dead, dead cap, dead weight kind of stuff. Uh, the other aspect here though, it's not just, I think the, the Broncos opportunity last year uh, Colts year before that, or whatever that was uh, Carolina. It's I think the, NIL and the NCAA stuff going on with right now with Michigan, you know, the Connor stallion stuff, all these recruiting violations does seem like the, the wolves are circling a bit around Michigan. Now that he's won it all uh, Scott, this is kind of funny to me. Number one day in Ohio state NIL history by like an unbelievable amount. The day after Michigan won the national championship, see Ohio state's bringing like everybody back to it's crazy. Uh, but uh, I think he's been on the mountaintop for a team that consistently recruits in the top, 20 to 15 and the NCAA kind of circling Michigan right now with a bunch of stuff. There could be some scholarship uh, ramifications coming down suspensions. I know uh, definitely worth an eye roll, but I think Harbaugh probably got a little bit tired of it all and it's just not worth it. And anyway, we're not saying it's valid or the screw the NCAA, but uh, as far as just the National process Coalition against athletes. Yeah, it's, it's done. But as far as like what everything going on there, I think he's just kind of was over the process. Well, so it's not just, you know, 
no thanks to the Broncos, Russell Wilson contract where they're at. Uh, and yes to the chargers with Herbert, although yes with Herbert for me as well. Uh, but, uh, I think it's also, you climb the mountaintop at Michigan. It's going to be hard to get back there. This is the lowest rated average recruit team to win the national championship in like 20 years, uh, out there in Michigan. Uh, so that's a, uh, makes sense for now being, now being the move for Harbaugh. Yeah. It's not always about you, which is what we forget as fans. Um, I think it was more about Michigan than, than, than the Broncos on this one. It's not like he left and, and chose another team and you'd made a formal offer, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I saw that I'm seeing this in Atlanta right now. Oh, they're going to regret losing Harbaugh. You didn't lose Harbaugh. You never had him. Hmm. So I, I think, I think it was more about Michigan on that. He saw what he liked more with one more year at Michigan and good for him. Good for him. Good for Michigan on that one. Michael Rankio, Vic Fangio is on his way to Philly to become their new defensive coordinator. Yeah, that was uh that was kind of assumed and it's officially happening. Um good shot, good good spot for him. Um we'll see. Sirianni's on the hot seat now and they finished in the freaking toilet. What 1 and 7 or something is how they finished. So Fangio could be uh, you know, be, be about ready to retire next year too. Ian Marquez coming in, appreciate you with the stars over there on Facebook for sure. So uh, thanks for the support, everyone. And uh, Nick, I think we're probably about ready to get out of here. Yeah, it's uh, big waves for the Broncos, unfortunately. You know, we saw with the just total incompetency uh, that was the Brandon Staley regime and the Tom Telesco. Congrats to the Raiders for keeping him in-house with how bad the Chargers have been drafting. That's great. And some of the contracts they've made. So happy about that. Uh, but the Harbaugh is now in the Chargers. I think he's going to bring a really defined type of style of football that works in the NFL, especially against, you know, the lighter boxes and too high stuff. And for now, I think there's an argument to be, to be made that the Broncos, I wouldn't say that this is for sure, uh, but they have the third best head coach in the division behind Harbaugh. I would take Peyton just because of the overall sample size, but what Harbaugh's done everywhere is just, it's, it's impressive. Uh, the one kicker here is, and I've said it on here before, Scott, we'll see if it's true. We are a little bit on Andy Reid retirement watch right now. So that could change the dynamics in the AFC West as well. But Harbaugh coming in, I think it's going to be really good for Herbert's career. If Herbert can't run with Harbaugh, then, you know, the the people coming at me for saying Herbert's a, f a fraud and you like Herbert too much, you can come for me if he can't get it done with the <laughs> offensive line rebuild that they're going to have there and the style of football that makes it a little bit quarterback friendly. Uh, so we'll see. I don't expect them to have the you know, Greg Robin, Colin Kaepernick running around stuff, but Herbert's a good athlete with a big arm and they make a lot of easy reads with the, the play action stuff that they do. So we'll be interesting to watch. It's a tough spot. Luckily for the Broncos, that is a bad chargers team that is still going to have probably a few years to have to kind of rebuild their trenches, trenches, trenches as well, Scott, but uh tough one. It's definitely a tough one in the AFC West with Reed Peyton and Harbaugh is a, just a gauntlet uh, for, as far as the NFL coaches, you're talking about three of the top, 10, 12 in the NFL uh, right there. So it's going to be very interesting to watch. Luckily, there are measures in place to help ensure parity. So you uh, <clears throat> get out from under some salary cap, be able to spend some money, uh, get your quarterback. You know, again, I don't I don't want you reaching for a guy in the first, mm -hmm. but draft somebody. Maybe get a little lucky uh, later on down the line a little bit. And if you don't hit on him, draft another one. Keep going. Yep. Like you said, Nick, keep, keep recruit one every year until you get it right. The uh, Brian Gutekunst uh, method of thought of uh, longtime uh, Packers. Uh, no, wait, 
I think it's Ron Wolf, excuse me. Gudikins is there now. Ron Wolf style of thought, who, you know, did the Brett Favre, Matt Hasselbeck, all the stuff there. They had their quarterback there, but you know what they kept doing? They kept drafting them a year or two before they needed them again. So if you like a guy, take a shot. Uh, it's never going to be a bad investment if you hit on that quarterback, of course. Gary Palmer coming in says Broncos for breakfast for, for life. Thank you. I hope that's what it stands for. Um, but uh, we appreciate you, Gary. Hope you're doing well with the big support, man. Uh, the diaper fund is going great because my guy right now, he has a tendency to, uh, you know, have a dirty diaper. And then as soon as I'm putting on that new one, just puddle of urine. Uh, so uh, that's a, he's a, he's a uh, three diapers, one changing kind of guy right now, which is not the most economic nervous cocker spaniel. <laughs> no comment on that one, but um, appreciate that. Also rattlesnake master, man, we are still buzzing. Scott and I are still buzzing about the, 499.99 super chat you had on Monday. I think it, I, the days are really last Thursday. If you got your mug already, yeah. uh, it may have been last week. Uh, we sent them a Broncos for breakfast mug as a small token, yep. small token of our appreciation. Rattlesnake master sent it, sent it to, uh, to you. And, and I know you and Nick are probably rivals in college. We don't, we don't care. Not with that. No, absolutely not. But appreciate you. Glad you got your mug. Uh, hope you're doing well. And a good comment here from Pete as well. Sean Payton took over a crappy team and a bad cap situation with a non-fit at quarterback. Be patient, everyone. I agree with you in terms of the patience here, Peter, because he is a good coach. He's shown to be a good coach. Is Sean Payton going to be patient? That's the only one who I'm curious about the patience for in terms of the, the roster and the overall construction and how this team is built going forward. So we're going to have a lot of time to talk about it, Scott. Um, it is going to be interesting to follow. Um, should be a lot of fun. Todd also asked Nick, what's the best coming out of Iowa linebacker, defensive back or offensive line out of those ones. It's gotta be offensive line, but I mean, it's the answer is tight end, man. It's tight end university. You got two of the best tight ends in football this year, squaring off in the uh, NFC West in uh, Laporta and Kittle. And you got Hawkinson, you got Fant, you got had, uh, there's more off the top of my head. I can't even think right now. Um, but uh, I would say tight end out of those ones for sure. Yeah, just a programming note. Um, I will not be here on Monday. Hopefully, Nick will skip Monday with me and we can go Tuesday if I can get him to go Tuesday. We'll take Monday because I'm driving down to the Senior Bowl and then we'll have a little Ooh. Senior Bowl preview and some Broncos for breakfast on Monday, on Tuesday. And then we'll uh, have some reports on Thursday and Friday as well. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be on it without a doubt. And uh, we'll do Tuesday. That sounds good. It should be a really fun Senior Bowl. Um, man, Scott, I'm excited for you down there. Just talking with people. Uh, they expect this to be one of the more talent laden uh, senior bowls we've had in a bit. Uh, the wide receiver talent is great. The offensive line talent, Scott, the offensive and defensive line talent is going to be great. That guy I was just talking about uh, Jackson powers, Johnson center. He's going to be down there. Six, three, three twenty, Oregon, Byron Murphy. You got a, a Tavondre sweat as well. It's going to be really, really a fun senior bowl with a lot of good talent. And it's going to make me want to trade back and get more picks in the 40 to 100 range because that's where a lot of the senior bowl guys tend to come off the board. But I'm going to have to hire a second camera down there, I think. We'll see. We'll see. If I, if, it, if it, that's how it feels this year, I might hire a second one next year. Yeah, it's it's going to be a good one this year, and I think it's going to only amplify now that uh, underclassmen are going to be allowed to go. So should be a lot of fun. We're going to get a lot of names, and it's going to be a good trench one uh, there for the for down, for you down there in Mobile, Scott. But appreciate everyone coming in. Have a great rest of your day. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. Uh, follow us on YouTube, subscribe to Mile High Huddle, like this show and share on your social media platforms. Uh, that always helps us a heck of a lot. 
And uh, that's going to have to do it for us today, guys. I appreciate everyone coming in with the stars. Of course, Mark Schrader, Dave Glassman, Michael Ronquillo, Michaela Israel, not allowed here. You're obviously allowed here. Quentin Caldwell, Keith Brugman, Michael Ronquillo, Ian Marquez, Gary Palmer, and of course, Rattlesnake Master rounding us out. A lot of fun. Uh, glad you guys stuck around or waited for us to get going here. Just little guy taking time to finish his <laughs> bottle. And I'm, I'll help, babe. I'll help. Uh, your time as long is as no can... longer your own. Yeah. Exactly. yeah I, don't, I don't know how the. Uh, a spouse ended up getting the ball and chain moniker. My life didn't change that whole much when I got married, but by God, it did when I had kids. That's why I was nearly 40 before I had kids. I wasn't ready for my life to change that much. It changes. You got to be ready, man. Uh, ready and then you're not, not ready. ready. <laughs> we're here. Uh, we're, we're fighting for our damn lives, but we're here. Um, I Hopefully that guy's ready to climb out Rainier with me next year. No, I just, I keep teasing Natalie about that. We'll see. Uh, but appreciate everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. Uh, let's go Ravens. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.